Welcome to Amplifying Leadership, a podcast where we talk leadership and all that it is with guest stories, wins, and even challenges. My name is Tara Lehman, and I am a partner, coach, and consultant at Twin Life Coaching and Business Services, of which Amplifying Leadership is our division. For our leadership clients, we'd love to support you through this podcast, tools, coaching, training, and more as part of our leadership series. To learn more about our leadership division and our Amplifying Leadership community, please visit amplifyingleadership.ca. Today, I am welcoming Lucy Rowell, who spent 20 years in the pharmaceutical industry, but now helps individuals, teams, and organizations be more impactful through leveraging their authenticity. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tara. Super excited to be here. Great. So why don't we start with a little bit about you and your leadership journey? Yeah, so for me, it's a kind of interesting journey, hopefully, for people to sort of mm-hmm. listen to. I um, So growing up, I was the first person in my family to have even considered going to university, never mind kind of completing a degree in further higher education. And so I didn't really have a lot of people around me that helped sort of guide or be sort of role models for sort of what leadership would be or even what Mm -hmm. sort of a a career would kind of look like and so I found myself very early in my sort of career self-navigating a lot I'd say stumbling between (laughs) different kind of roles and different things just as I was trying to kind of gather my feet to sort of what it was to be sort of in the world of of work and I was really lucky as you said I I have worked in the pharmaceutical company for over 20 years in a big large global organization and there it was just a complete sort of breath of fresh air in terms of the amount of opportunities just felt so endless and everything was kind of new and exciting and I think of my leadership story as well as that part sort of at the beginning where it was a little bit kind of unsure into two sort of parts the first probably was over that first 10 years mm-hmm. and there for me I was really looking at others what was making other people successful what did I need to do to replicate mm-hmm. what they were doing you know how did I need to show up how did I present myself I would class myself as slightly more introverted than extroverted mm-hmm. but how could I lean more into that extroverted side of my personality? Because that's what I thought needed to be done to Mm. be successful. And so I found, I mean, I had a great career for those first 10 years, do not get me wrong, but I was very much, I think, looking to others to get that sort of validation of, of what to do. And also, I think during that time, I had very sort of single minded view on there was one role one role I was really really passionate that I wanted to do um it was leading a really large cross-functional matrixed team okay Mm -hmm. it was a job that usually statisticians like myself didn't do and certainly not statisticians who were based here in the UK and so I had, you know, I was navigating a number of other different leadership roles with that one thing kind of in my mind. And after about nine years into my career, I managed to to get that role. And I was like, so, so happy. It was probably the proudest and happiest time over my career so far to be able to, to get that. 
Um, and I think it just opened a lot of interesting doors to me. I think one, which kind of leads to the second part of my kind of leadership story. Yeah. One was just sort of not necessarily being so solely focused on one thing, like one role that's kind of guiding you forward. Um, I think one of the things that we have very much in the UK now is a, a great community around trying to kind of navigate this very what they call like a squiggly career path where people are kind of hopping and jumping around all over the place types of roles and things and so I think once I kind of kind of got more experienced a bit more mature in my in my journey I found much more that one, I was more comfortable kind of hopping around and, and just going for things that may not initially on paper have looked like perfect fit. Mm -hmm. And secondly, I just grew in such huge confidence about who I was as a leader and where my strengths were and how I could help others to be, you know, impactful, how I could help others to kind of find their own career and journey wherever that may take them so I sort of feel there was this first part that was successful but was sort of narrow in certain focus and very much a follower and then this latter part which was much more this is me this is who I'm about kind of take me as I come but also just allowed me to do much more exploration and as long as I was learning and I was making a positive impact to myself and to others around me like it didn't really matter what the job was um and as you said I now have my own company and so I, I kind of left the, the corporate world to do something else which I am now thoroughly enjoying I'm only kind of a handful of months into that um, <laughs> so I don't have loads of experience to talk about it but it's it's definitely that career journey that I had has given me from a leadership perspective, just yeah, more confidence in myself, I would say. You know, you're very lucky that your company allowed you to try a lot of different things. And I think a lot of leaders need to start to allow that to happen because we do have a lot of people that want to try different things now, especially the younger generation. And mm -hmm. it's a great way to develop skills and retain employees too, if you just see what it is that they want to try out and let them try. I had the same thing. I mean, I, I got into accounting with no experience. I just asked the controller, hey, do you mind interviewing me for the position? I, I, I need something different. And I got it. It was it was shocking, but I did. And it led to my leadership journey. So I, I love that you bring that up only because I think it's so important, you know, right now as well. So on that journey of yours, did you have like a, a big obstacle that kind of stood out to you that really was something that you had to overcome to move forward? Mm. Yes, I would say there was one obstacle, but I'll actually address it, I think, from two different parts. And the obstacle sure. for me is all around assumptions. So I think there was, you know, assumptions from others. So who were sort of, pegging me into certain roles mm. or into certain areas that they felt, oh no, this is this is kind of the space for you, Lucy. This is kind of where you, you will work and be successful. Mm. And I didn't necessarily believe that was true. I thought, no, no, I think I would be amazing at doing X. And um, right. so there was a little bit of that obstacle of assumptions, but I think there was also the assumptions that I kind of put on myself. So 
back to what I was saying before, that piece of like, oh, I actually need to be a little bit like X or I need to do this to get that role or that opportunity. And while I don't think they eventually held me back, they definitely were very big struggles and obstacles Mm -hmm. at the beginning of my career that I absolutely had to try and navigate and and figure out. Let's. So I'm hearing, you know, the authentic piece of you coming out and you're developing your and overcoming your challenges by your authentic self. Let's talk about that for a second. You did mention to me, like, being authentic as a leader is very, very important. Why do you believe this? Why, why do you think leaders should be completely authentic? Yeah. Well, is it authentic leadership for me is a kind of really interesting one. I guess that's partially why I decided to set up a company around it, because I think, yeah. you know, we often, when we go and say do a leadership course, it, it feels very, again, like boxed. It feels like yeah. these are the things you need to do, be a great leader. But we all know, I mean, you just need to look around us at different types of presidents or people leading mm-hmm. different organizations. Like there's a whole heap of different styles and types of leaders that people voluntarily follow. And so mm-hmm. I think for us, sort of looking at that as leaders it's reassuring to know actually there are lots of different styles and ways yeah really successful Mm -hmm. so we should have some confidence to be able to say actually no this is kind of who I am and this is what I'm going to do and it's the more people I've spoken to around this authenticity topic it's it's has kind of created lots and lots of more questions because people feel like it's it sounds simple you know authenticity is you know what you say and do reflects who you are that feels Mm -hmm. pretty straightforward (laughs) but actually it it becomes really really tricky and again I've experienced that as I spoke about before and I think for me there's sort of two reasons why it's really important and, and why I sort of really believe in it and and the first is I think you know just if we think about it as you know somebody that we want to be led by so there's the you know there's Mm -hmm. a leader who's leading and there's the people who are kind of following and when you're being led by someone you know we can kind of tell over time if someone's being authentic or not and if they're not being authentic that really erodes trust and we know Mm -hmm. that trust is kind of one of the biggest things in terms of whether that be relationships or teams or other things if you lose that you're just in a really really tricky situation oh yeah yeah so I think the more that you know people can be confident in being authentic the more you'll kind of find the people who like and and appreciate that kind of style and what you're interested in and how you work and again we all like different things there and you'll also help inspire people more if you can be more authentic to, to kind of who you are. So I think there's the one piece about the, the the people that you're leading. I think the second piece is obviously about yourself and that personal mm-hmm. perspective as a leader. Um, and, you know, we know the basics of, you know, OK, if you're not authentic, yes, it takes time and, you know, effort and energy. You're having to kind of think, I want to do this, but I can't. I'm going to have to do X, etc. There's those parts. But I I think if you think about it at that sort of linking back with that, the people that you're leading, etc., you know, 
I think we often make the mistake of thinking that leaders and many others, again, you know, you can pick one leader up and place them somewhere else. And no matter where you put them, they're going to be successful if they're great leaders. And that really, really isn't the case. And, you know, there's lots and lots of different examples where people have, you know, come in and done great jobs at certain times, left and come back, and then it's not quite gelled in the same way. And I think what we need to be able to be clear about is like, you know, what is the things that, you know, who are we? What are the strengths that we have? And what is that right context for us? Because if we want to be a successful leader, if we're not kind of true to what that right space is, then we're actually going to just set ourselves up for failure. And then we're likely to set up whether it's the companies and the other people around us that were sort of there to, to lead and help support also up for failure. So those are a couple of things I can probably talk about this for hours, but I'll, I'll make <laughs> there that are kind of, I think, probably some of the most pivotal things for me as people think about kind of authentic leadership. Yes. And I, I like that you also kind of touch on values, your own personal values are what make you authentic if you use them, right? And you sort of touched yeah. on that. So I kind of want to just talk about that for just a minute. I mean, a lot of uh, leaders don't realize that their personal values and their company values and how they lead teams should be coming out. And, you know, as when I help some career clients, I make sure they understand their values and then the company that the company values and do they mesh or is there an issue? What are your thoughts around values with being authentic or within leadership? Yeah, great, great question. So I absolutely usually say to people, you should understand what your values are. And even if you don't think you've got some, you actually do. You probably oh, yes. <laughs> have a drink, have a dinner with somebody and very quickly you'll start to see. I think where things start to go wrong and what I was loving hearing from you Tara is this piece about when things are a little bit in disconnect and I think one of the easiest ones that a lot of people can kind of quite quickly grapple with is this thing about you know family and friendships like most people say yeah one of my values outside work you know is being a great you know husband wife mm -hmm. brother sister friend all of these great things but then actually the actions that they do do not support that so mm -hmm. actually you're the one who's working 60 70 hour a week and the feeling is yes I want to do that so I can you know provide money and support for my family and friends but actually if you go and speak to most of your family and friends what they want to do is spend quality time with you time yeah laugh and going to the cinema or whatever that would be so I think for me what I find really helpful if you think through the values is is trying to help give you a little bit of a guide for decision making mm -hmm. um, and trying to hold yourself to account of, well, am I am I doing that? Because I think otherwise we can kind of fall into some slippery slope that mm -hmm. are not really, they're not meant out of any sort of negligence. It's just yeah. that you kind of get onto the hamster wheel and then you kind of keep going and moving and things happen. So usually what I do when I'm feeling in a little bit of a flux, a little bit of a tip for people is I actually just make sure that I've kind of got my four or five values and, and they change. They're not the same all mm -hmm. the time. They, you know, actually just 
on the side of my, oh, well, I've got, I'm looking at you here on the screen. So by the side yeah. of my screen at, on my desk. And, you know, if work comes in or if, uh, you know, even fun things come in, I kind of look to see actually, is that something I'm wanting to kind of focus on as a value at the minute or not? Does it work? Does it blend with that or not? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that yeah. helped. As, yeah, so it's all about the blending and making sure that it works with whatever you're doing. So as leaders, we need to make sure that we're being authentic with our own values and that we bring that, you know. So I love your work-life balance one, you know, where we're talking about if family and, and that is your one of your values and you're working 70, 80 hours a week, is it truly a value for you? I mean, you need to reassess. Yeah. And if it is, then you need to reassess the the work values, right? So, yeah, I like that you did touch yeah. on that. So I want to change it over to another topic that you told me that you yep. like to talk about, and that is breaking out of stereotypes. Mm. So tell us a little bit more about that and why it's important to leadership. Yeah, so I think for me, again, there's like a couple of parts to this, and I, and I really love this topic because I think one, it kind of touches on a super high topic that kind of is on everybody's mind which is around kind of diversity equity and inclusion mm -hmm. any company probably much that you're in they, they probably have that as a as a priority or you know something very high on their their list but yeah for me it goes back a little bit to what I was talking about before in terms of this piece of moving people you know thinking about people in terms of maybe the role they're in and I pick a super simple thing like you know I need a chemistry teacher. Oh, there's one here. I'll just pick them up and move them and put them here mm -hmm. and expect that they're going to work. And the one that I see a lot and hear a lot about is actually recruitment. And, you know, you know, we need a new graduate. Okay, let's just go to the top universities. We will find our best graduate there. And mm -hmm. you've already shared your beautiful story, Tara, about, you know, your accounting, um, you know, yeah. position, et cetera. And so I think for, for me, there's just this big piece of one, you know, we know diversity, equity and inclusion is 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 really high on everybody's lists. And mm -hmm. that very much feeds into stereotypes and breaking out the box. But then there's this other part that we also talked about, which is that actually most people now, particularly sort of young people entering the workplace, do not want to be on a very straight up predetermined career ladder. Yeah. They really do want to explore and do different things. And so, you know, I love this always this idea of, you know, we all come with our own lived experience, no matter what that is. Even if on our CV of paper, we've got the same degree from the same university, we've got the same kind of um schooling, we've got all of these other things. Just you know, probably, you know, how our parents have brought us up, our siblings, our other, other pieces mm -hmm. that are around you will have had an influence on how you think, how you make decisions, how you work with others and all of these other great qualities. So for me, I think if we, we've got to be much more open to figuring out how to kind of break people out of the stereotypes and give people some more kind of creative flow. But I will say, I do appreciate this is really, really tricky for leaders because it's more complex. 
It's certainly mm-hmm. more time consuming. And as leaders, we're usually trying to find like, how can we kind of be efficient? How can we make some quick wins? How can we move things forward? How can we not kind of get stuck? And often with some of these things, it it will take longer. It will be more complex and it will, you know, we are kind of in a sense like reinventing a wheel with some of these, mm-hmm. these things. So again, if we go back to the recruitment kind of example, you know, usually the roles at the moment, certainly roles that we've been recruiting for not that long ago, you know, we were getting like thousands of applicants. Well, you can't bring every single person in and ask them about their life story and see who we yeah. think be amazing fit. So I completely agree, you know, there will be criteria that you're using to sort of filter people through the funnel. I think what I would really ask leaders to think about, though, is, you know, what are those things that you're using? Exactly. Because usually when I've spoken to to leaders and even, you know, in in my previous um, corporate life, what actually was happening, we were just using things we'd been using for the last five or 10 years. Yeah. And there were people who really did believe in those things. And that's fine. But we we have to recognize that you will definitely you know encourage certain types of characteristics and rule out others with those kinds of approaches and I think as long as we as leaders are being sort of mindful and thoughtful about that then I think it's fine I think we just need to recognize if we're following the same script we're not going to get a different answer out the back. And if we want a different answer, we have to think about what we're doing up front to be able to kind of create that slightly different um, sort of output at the end. Mm. So again, I know it's tricky and I'm not trying to pretend it isn't. um, But I do think if we can think about ways to make it become more of a norm, then actually it will become an easier option, but it will just take a little bit of discomfort probably to get there. And it's interesting that you bring up recruiting because, you know, a lot of people when they post job ads, it's it's something from so many years ago. They're still saying, okay, this position has to have, you know, uh, I don't know, a degree in ABC. But what about somebody who doesn't have that degree, but has 20 years in it? Yeah. Who's better? You don't know. So you really need to, like you said, figure out what those funnels are and get them, get them right and update them every time you post for a job because so much has changed. And if you're using that stuff from 10, 15, even 20 years ago, Mm. you're going to possibly be missing out on your star employee because you didn't look at it differently. So those screening questions and stuff need to be reviewed to make sure that you're not letting someone through the cracks that maybe you, who you truly, truly wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I mean, we have this really interesting scenario in our, about 10, 15 years ago, there was new leadership came in and everybody needed to have a a PhD. Mm. I didn't have a good example. Majority Mm -hmm. of people didn't have a PhD, but the amount of people who started alongside their jobs, learning for a PhD because they were worried about what the future was going to look like. Now, thankfully, you know, it went, a lot of them went and got PhDs, great for them. Um, But it's this very bizarre scenario 
Um, in fact, I was just talking to somebody at the weekend about, um, I have a little boy who's three and we were kind of saying probably when they're kind of going off after their schooling, you know, mm-hmm. university may not even be kind of what everybody's looking for, the gold star. It's probably going to be apprenticeships, much more hands-on experience, yes. yeah. how people kind of interact and learn and, you know, what what sparks people's kind of curiosity to do stuff mm-hmm. rather than, you know, just learning from a textbook. Anyway. Almost almost the human behavior side rather than the, the textbook side or a mix or something. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, I've had a wonderful conversation today. If you had to give our audience that one big tip, that key takeaway today, what would you say that would be? So I would say spend some time understanding who you are. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned earlier, it is kind of constantly changing, but you'll probably create some really interesting insights about yourself if you certainly if you haven't done this kind of thing before Mm -hmm. and what you're likely to do is actually start kind of getting curious and inspired by that to help then others think a little bit about who they are um, and how you can then kind of create a really positive impact for, for both yourself and for others around you so yeah if you've got some time this week Maybe just give yourself, you know, half a time, half an hour with it, your favorite cup of tea, coffee, water, juice, whatever it is um, to just, yeah, do a little bit of soul searching. I love it. Self-discovery, something I think all yeah. leaders need to do because you got to start with yourself in order to lead a great team. Wonderful. If anybody who was listening wanted to learn more about you or find you online or, or about your services, how can they do that? Yeah, so. Two ways I would recommend LinkedIn. If you look for Lucy Rowell on LinkedIn, um, I have a pretty great community of people there and I always love to to meet and find out new people. So you can contact me there or or kind of follow. If not, you can go to the website impactfulauthenticity.me, M-E. That's the, the website. And I also have a podcast with the same name. So you can also search via your podcast streaming service of choice (laughs) the same one you're probably listening to this beautiful podcast on if you um want to hear me chatting to some guests about authenticity awesome well thank you so much for a great conversation today and all of this amazing tips for our listeners you're welcome it's been an absolute pleasure have a lovely day everyone thanks tara Thank you. And of course, a thank you to our listeners. We both hope you are taking away some key points to help you grow on your leadership path. If you are new to leadership or perhaps a seasoned leader who knows that support and developing your skills are the way to moving forward on your leadership journey, or you wish to join our Amplifying Leadership community, please visit amplifyingleadership.ca, a twin life coaching and business services division. Until next time, please be safe and be an amazing leader or leader to be.